0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 5th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. James, I went and saw a production of The Cradle Will Rock last night. Uh, I think a lot of people will know the history of this show, that it was shut down three nights before its Broadway premiere back in the 30s because it inspired such revolutionary ideas like Union organizing and striking. <laughs> um, it was an interesting, you know, it's one of those shows that uh, might not hold up uh, in today's theatrical landscape, but in terms of the history of theater, is important. So I was glad I saw it. It was a little weird, but uh, but but good nonetheless.
1: Mm. So um, first up in the news, Leslie Margarita to lead the world premiere of Who's Holiday.
0: Yes, James, as I mentioned last week, after a lengthy legal battle with Dr. Seuss Enterprises surrounding the copyright of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Matthew Lombardo's "Whose Holiday will finally make its world premiere next month a little differently than I thought because I thought it was going to be out of town but um, it's actually going to be in New York we'll get to that in a second you might remember that last year the show was supposed to play New World Stages with Tony nominee Jennifer Samard in the role of Cindy Lou Who well Samard is now playing Ernestina Money in Hello Dolly so she is unavailable and therefore Queen Leslie has taken over the role also with Jersey Boys heading into the theater at New World Stages that this show was going to play last year whose holiday has had to to find a new home as it will now play the West side theater upstairs for six weeks from November 20th through December 31st directed by Carl Andrus. The story involves a, I laughed last year when we talked about it. I'm going to laugh anyway. Um, the story involves a middle-aged Cindy Lou, who now residing in a beaten down trailer in the snowy hills of Mount Crumpet. As she prepares to host a Christmas Eve party for her friends, she recalls her own from her own perspective that faded night when she first met the Grinch and the strange turn of events. Her life has taken for the past 40 years, James. Um, I don't think this needs to be said, but I'm going to say it anyways. This is not going to be a family-friendly theatrical event. So if you're going thinking you're going to see something a la Who the Grinch Stole Christmas, yes, it will still be in the same susian rhymed couplets, but the content's going to be not exactly something you would put in a children's book.
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> but i mean what i love the concept of this and of course queen so leslie good. uh this is certainly going to be something where you're going to be laughing a lot so uh that's mm-hmm. awesome i have to see if uh mm-hmm. i'll get over to see that over the west side so uh what's up in the show and casting news
0: well, actually, James, if you know your off-Broadway real estate, this next story might be one that won't come as a shock considering the last story. Yeah. But it was it was announced uh, yesterday that the off-Broadway musical Curvy Widow, starring the legendary Nancy Opel, will play its last performance on November 5th. The show is currently playing... The West Side Theater Upstairs, where whose holiday will be at the end of this month. Lisa Lampanelli's Stuffed will be in the Downstairs Theater coming up later this month. Uh, Curvy Widow, of course, as we've talked about before, was written by Bobby Goldman and Drew Brody and centers on a middle-aged woman looking for love the second time around after her husband died. And is based, of course, on Bobby Goldman's real-life experience following the death of her husband, James Goldman, who wrote The Lion in the Winter and the book for Follies. Um, James, it's interesting because Nancy Opal was originally announced as part of the Broadway cast of Prince of Broadway. She left that to do Curvy Widow off-Broadway. It looks now like Curvy Widow is going to last longer than Prince of Broadway, but not by much. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, from, from her perspective whether or not that change was worthwhile or not.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about that a lot before um, both of these shows opened up, and um, so you know, I, I Prince of Broadway turned out to be uh, a mild success, and mm, it, guess,
0: it, it extended, yeah, yeah,
1: I, and uh, Curvy Widow got uh, a chance for Nancy to originate a role, which is mm, that's true, which is um, you know, uh, you got to roll the dice. And, uh, so that was this one. Uh, Desperate Measures extends at the York Theatre Company.
0: Yeah, it was announced yesterday that the York Theatre Company had extended their Shakespeare inspired down-home country-western musical Desperate Measures uh, for two extra weeks. The show, which features a book and lyrics by Peter Kellogg and music by David Friedman, will now play through October 29th. I don't think we've read the full description of the show before, but it's fun, so here it is. It reads, In 1890, in a territory out west, Johnny Blood, a hot tempered young cowboy is sentenced to hang for killing a man in a bar fight his sister a novice nun in a nearby mission is persuaded to plead with a corrupt governor to spare her brother's life the governor promises to pardon johnny if his sister will do his bidding for the night adding to the humorous complications are a hard-bitten sheriff a voluptuous saloon girl and a priest who reads nietzsche So not exactly Shakespeare, but, you know, I can see the connections. Um, But finally, in this section, James, on Wednesday, it was announced that the Old Vic's world premiere production of Bob Dylan and Connor McPherson's Girl from the North Country will play London's West End for a limited engagement beginning later this year. Uh, Natalie, on Monday's episode, when she told you about this week's theater schedule, mentioned that the Old Vic production is closing this week, but the show will now play the West End's Noel Coward Theater from December 20th. 29th through March 31st of 2018. The show, which is set in Duluth, Minnesota in 1934, weaves together the iconic songbook of Bob Dylan into a story of a town spiraling out of control. Now, James, Bob Dylan is just as big of a star as Jimmy Buffett, Donna Summer, The Temptations, Cher, even. All of those acts have musicals that are coming to Broadway uh, soon-ish, and or at least are rumored to. Obviously, they're all very different from a musical and artistic standpoint, but what do you think the prospects of this show, which is not a bio-musical, but does feature all of Bob Dylan's iconic songs, what do you think about this one transferring stateside at some point?
1: Uh, I was just thinking about that after you had mentioned that, and that December 29th to March 31st, that's a nice uh, three months uh, set up. Uh, I don't think that they could get across here in time for the Tony Awards. No, 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 no. But um, that's a nice three months where lots of uh, producers can get a chance <laughs> to jump on a plane and go over and see it uh, and uh, possibly bring it here. Certainly, Bob Dylan is as big, if not larger, than all those others, plus King Kong. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll have to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, times are a
1: Oh, you got it in. Excellent. All right. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda announces a benefit track artists.
0: Yeah, James. Yesterday in a series of tweets, Lin-Manuel Miranda announced the artist participating in his upcoming Puerto Rico benefit track. Lin put together a Spotify list featuring songs performed by the artists that will be on the track. That song will be um, released tomorrow and will benefit the victims of Hurricane Maria, which decimated Puerto Rico. Um, and those talents include... Such interesting theater and pop culture Latino artists like Mark Anthony, Ruben Blades, Dessa, Gloria Estefan, Fat Joe, Alex Lacamore, John Leguizamo, Jennifer Lopez, Rita Moreno, Joel Ortiz, Anthony Ramos, my favorite, Gina Rodriguez, Anna Villafane, uh, who is I guess has an announcement coming up that may or may not include Lin-Manuel Miranda in some way, and a couple other people as well. All the proceeds from the track will benefit the people of Puerto Rico via the Hispanic Foundation. James, I'm sure as soon as this is released, this will be a huge hit and you will hear it everywhere, or at least see it talked about everywhere, um, and hopefully people will buy the track and contribute to the relief efforts in Puerto Rico.
1: Oh, that's going to be great. Uh, did they have any time frame on this? Uh, yeah,
0: tomorrow. I'm sorry. I, I did not mind have said that clearly. It'll be released tomorrow on Friday.
1: Oh, okay. Great. So um, I was listening to our friends over at the Maximu Podcast, and uh, Lindsay was mm-hmm. lamenting that they destroy names... Uh, just as much as everybody else, and they pre apologize. Ruben Blades. See, thank you. What, <laughs> Not Blades. You know, Before we, see, you know, you know, you know yeah. everybody stop tweeting at us. Uh, Ruben Blades. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably got that wrong. So it's probably Blades. So <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, Daniela's here with the uh, Theater Throwback.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Daniela Parcell and I'm here with this week's Theater Throwback. Last week, I talked about the magical night when A Chorus Line became the longest-running show in Broadway history. To hear all about that, you can head over to Today on Broadway for Thursday, September 28th. Today, we're going back to the opening night of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats on October 7th, 1982. I have the New York Times review from Frank Rich, as well as another feature from Leslie Bennetts, both of which do a great job highlighting just what a phenomenon Cats was when it opened. Cats is a musical that everybody knows. Most people, or theater people at least, have seen it in one form or another. But leading up to its Broadway opening, the show had a really strong and unique element of mystery to it. Before Broadway, Cats premiered in London and was a massive success. So when the show announced its Broadway transfer, there was already a bit of buzz. But the musical's press agent Fred Nathan and ad director Nancy Coyne worked hard to design an ad and PR campaign that painted the show in an enticingly mysterious light. In the words of Nathan, they wanted to create an excitement, but at the same time not give everything away. In May, a print ad ran that simply said, Cats is coming. A similar slogan appeared on the Winter Garden Theater, which was painted with a simple yet ominous logo, yellow cat eyes on a black background. Airplanes flew over the city, trailing banners that read Cats is coming to Broadway. And finally, in August, a radio spot started running with a slogan that truly captured the essence of the campaign. Isn't the curiosity killing you? In the end, curiosity did get the best of the public, and when the show finally opened on October 7th, it had an advance of $6.2 million. This, at the time, was one of the largest advances, if not the largest advance, ever seen in Broadway history. Cats opened to favorable, yet somewhat skeptical reviews. Frank Rich of the New York Times had a number of qualms, such as the show's lack of plot, but ended his review on a very positive note, writing, What Cats does is take us into a theatre overflowing with wondrous spectacle, and that's an enchanting place to be. Even the less-thrilled critics couldn't stop Cats from kicking over Broadway. The musical ran for 18 more years, that's a total of 7,485 performances, And in 1997, it surpassed a chorus line as the longest-running Broadway show in history. Now, it remains the sixth-longest-running show ever, and is enjoying its first Broadway revival at the Neil Simon Theatre. Also this week in history, on October 1, 1962, Barbara Streisand signed her first recording contract with Columbia. On October 2, 1994, the acclaimed Hal Prince revival of Showboat opened at the Gershwin Theatre, and also on October 2nd, in 2003, Little Shop of Horrors finally opened on Broadway after running off Broadway for several years in the 80s. On October 5th, 2001, Mamma Mia began previews at the Winter Garden Theater, and on October 5th, 2014, Simon Stevens' The Curious Incident of a Dog in the Nighttime opened at the Barrymore. That is all for this week. Thanks for listening. Again, I am Daniela Parcell. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniela Parcell, and I'll be back next Thursday with another theater throwback.
1: Okay, Matt, why don't you
0: get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening mm-hmm. to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at bwwmat. You can subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher,
1: or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us, and we'll be back and wrap up the week tomorrow. Oh,